0: So, a reading of Canto Five deserves a close reading of the Francesca speech to Dante, and it's what I intend to do uh, with the second half of the lecture for Canto Five. So, I will read carefully through um, Francesca's address to Dante, which will include Dante's response, and uh, describe a little of of the poetry there, um, or the the use of of, of um, metaphor some of the historical allusions, um, Dante's poetic forebearers, um, in order to better contextualize uh, this, uh, this very important speech. Now, the entire of Canto V moves from what I consider to be a, a quite simple allegory of the, um, the damned in uh, the circle of lust and in the area... Of hell, we considered uh, the punishment of those who suffered from incontinence, the inability of um, of of those uh, damned to subject their uh, desire to reason, and um, it moves from a Minos and through the uh, the knights and ladies uh, of old, ancient, uh, ancient um, and contemporary for Dante and through a focus, we might say a close-up, of these two lovers. Before Dante calls Francesca and Paolo over to him, he feels deep pity, and this is our, you know, this is sort of our entryway into um, why Dante fails so miserably here. Um, His pity, um, we learn, is uh, in part because of his emotion that he feels, for uh, for the sinners, and pity for him um, seems to indicate that he believes the punishment is greater than the crime—the crime of lust. So he is already in a kind of before Francesca even begins to speak, he's already in a troubled spot for himself. His his uh, we might say his guard is down, uh, and Virgil recognizes this. Remember that Virgil is encouraging Dante to ask the right questions. Um, so, uh, and, and Virgil can read Dante's mind, too. So when he asks, what are you thinking? For, for Virgil, it's, it's rhetorical. Although for Dante, um, it's, it's, it's not. And it's complicated. What is, what is Dante thinking during this whole scene? Um, so the Francesca episode begins with Dante's pity, and he calls over the lovers. Um, and the lovers are compared to these doves. I called them in the earlier... lecture, uh, you know, pigeons, but (laughs) they're doves, rock doves, whatever, pigeons. Um, And they glide over in the open air. Her first speech is um, deeply lyrical. Um, And and by deeply, I mean that it is, it is, if you're familiar with the uh, Italian poetry of this time, which was called the the, the, the sweet new style uh, that Dante was part of that school, you will recognize that, um, that Francesca's use of the word love repeated in three stanzas. There's actually four stanzas to her first speech, um, which starts off with her kind words, and she's from Ravenna, and then she begins. The, that love and that repetition of the word love is reminiscent of the, lo, lo, the Italian love poetry, of the uh, of the 13th and 14th century, of which Dante was um, was was a was a part, uh, an important part of that. Um, and so her speech, at Francesca's, begins with love. Now I'm making uh, my comments uh, uh, connect to um, not the Musa translation in this particular case, but the Hollander has no for no other reason than just for variety's sake. And so she she's called over. Um, because Dante says he would ga- gladly uh, speak uh, to these two, <clears throat> who seem to be so light on the wind, and um, and Virgil encourages him, and the souls uh, come over, and he uh, he he asks them to uh, to tell uh, of of their of their story. Now, Francesca begins in a very cunning way, and I'd ask the readers uh, the question. Uh, does Francesca know what she's doing or not? Is she intentionally uh, manipulating Dante here, manipulating Dante for the purposes of pity, um, or not? And um, uh, it's uh, it's in, it's left it's left ambiguous. Although the, the 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 details of her story, which are in the second half of her speech, are um, are actually misrepresentations of the story uh, that they're reading, uh, the Lancelot story. So uh, Francesca responds uh, in, at the beginning here by, uh, by saying that uh, that Dante is gracious and he's kind. This is line 88. And, um, 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 and, it, and, and in line 91, she says, if the king of the universe were our friend, we would pray that he might give you peace mm-hmm. since you show pity for our grievous plight. So a couple of important things here. This is the language of, of kingship, there seems to be some kind of acknowledgement of of the divine here, which is interesting, right? The king of, of the universe, the king is capitalized, but um, sort of God, Christian God or Christ is not mentioned per se. But the other important piece here is that Dante has already shown pity because uh, Francesca, we've been told so, but Francesca has read it on his face. You show pity uh, for our grievous plight. And so the damned is are often uh, attracted to those who would give him, him uh, them pity. So Dante is already falling into this kind of trap, which is um, which is a rhetorical trap. Um, and um, and there. And then Francesca goes on to say that she longs to hear. Uh, she. she I am mean, sorry, she longs to to give the story uh, that he desires to hear. She tells him that she's from uh, Ravenna. Uh, the river Po, with all its tributary slows, there, there I was born. And then in, in the important uh, meat of her speech, lines 100, uh, all the way through uh, lines 108. Now, what's interesting about um, a couple, couple of, of, of things to note here and contextualize it um, uh, in, in Dante's time is that, that the the creation of love, as Francesca understands it here, is uh, in the work of the kinds of lyric poems that Dante himself wrote. So the lyrics of, of Dante's contemporaries, sort of which were born of the troubadours of France and then passed through this Italian brand of metaphysics, and later we'll see it, um, if, you, if you look at the history of literature through, it, uh, through Italy, you'll see it go to the Petrar- Petrarch and the Petrarchan sonnet. Um, that, that these lyrics are very similar to that contemporary poetry. And, you know, the Italians uh, in many ways were, were serious, much more serious than we might say the Troubadour School was because they were very, um, uh, very grounded in, in a kind of spirituality, a religion, um, wherein the analogies that were made within the poems uh, often connected with the divine. Um, and so uh, we think about the seriousness for Dante, the seriousness of his, um, his whole Divine Comedy, which is, he says in the letter to Cangrande, really a form of, of, of biblical poetry, right? That, that, the, that, he, that, that readers are to, to read the Divine Comedy as they read the Bible. And so uh, in, in, in many ways, this is kind of an Italian character of this kind of love poetry. Now, w- where does uh, Francesca depart from this serious, metaphysical, lyrical quality of Dante's time? Well, she departs from it um, through, this, through, through the actual poem itself. So she'll say that love, which is, of course, uh, the most important subject of, um, of Italian, of the new, stu- uh, the, the new sweet style, um, love, she says, quick to kindle in the gentle heart, seized this man with a fair form taken from me. And so already we got a, an image of love of seizing, uh, which is uh, similar, but also the the way in which love is very earthly. It's very uh, it's very material. It involves um, the 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 body, right? And and later um, uh, later it will include kissing of lips, and of course then the act of adultery. In Italian poetry of of Dante's time, there was never any touching. It was abstract. And it was highly idealized. So we get these, uh, we get these stanzas which, um, which remind us, which echo uh, the poetry of Dante's time, but it is earthly instead of being transcendent. So she goes, uh, love which absolves, this is line uh, 103, love which absolves no one beloved from loving seized me so strongly with his charm that, as you see, it has not left me yet uh and the word it see it's interesting the word it there she referring to love uh she referring to the love has not left her yet um uh so she's she's kind of conflating both paulo and his seizing of her like his actual physical seizing of her and she'll later say his kiss um has not left her yet uh is this a romantic trope i mean in some in it's hard to say because even in the metaphysical abstract and somewhat distant poetry uh, of the idealized um italian voice in at this time love does a lot of seizing right it does a lot of it does a lot of um uh, overpowering um in 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 flooding uh the 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 poet um but but francesca is uh seems to also have a darker uh sense that she has been it's it's a raped in a sense, um, almost to put her language in the language of, of rape. And uh, think about this for a minute. If, if it's the case that, that, that Francesca is claiming a kind of rape, um, then she's absolving herself of any responsibility uh, of, of the sin of lust. So that's kind of the core, in a way. It's, it's the use of this love poetry, which in, in entirely uh, seduces Dante in his own way. Uh, And yet it is a claim of of being overwhelmed, overtaken by love, and therefore absolved of any responsibility uh, whatsoever. Um, Again, bringing it down to earth and not transcended, um, entangled. Um, I recently uh, renewed my uh, attention to a very important uh, song by Bob Dylan called Tangled Up in Blue. I'm sure you know it. And he refers D- Dylan does to a 14th century uh, poet in 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 one of his stanzas, and uh, w- many of us uh, Dylanologists have concluded that it has to be Dante, and this has to be the poem that he's talking about. Dylan is in his is his song "Tangled Up in Blue" must be um, Dante's early lyrical love poetry, and I love the idea of of, of being tangled up because in many ways Francesca, uh, Dante. Apollo are all kind of entangled in Canto V, and Dante becomes entangled in, uh, in Francesca's narrative, this uh, rhetorical uh, narrative. Now, afterwards, uh, she, um, I believe it's afterwards, after she, ref- you know, love brought me to one death, uh, brought us to one death, this, this idea of the dyad going to one, uh, they're not, of course, uh, in my reading of this, they're, the lovers here are not celebrated, but they're shrunk they're shrunk to one, and we'll see this doubling several times throughout the um, throughout the whole Divine Comedy, but especially in the Inferno, where you get this these doubles, these dyads, that are really less than one. Okay, so it's like a marriage of of false minds uh, to to twist Shakespeare, and it, it, their their doubleness is not an increase in their power, but a decrease. Uh, of their of their humanness so in a way they've kind of merged Paolo and Francesca into one another and she refers I've always seen her referring to Paolo as kind of this this empty body that follows her around and just simply weeps and then she'll say uh, and the one who killed us that is to say her husband who caught the uh, uh, Francesca in the act of adultery kills both of them and that's how they... Are damned, and then he, the husband, will see in Cana in the land of Cana, uh, uh, in 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 deeper into hell because of the of the sin of of, of violence, uh, and of uh, betrayal, really betrayal. And so uh, Virgil asks the rhetorical question, you know, what are you thinking? And then Dante, uh, you know, it says, "Oh, how many sweet thoughts! What great a desire has brought them to this woeful pass?" And and so this is the confession. Uh, well, these are the thoughts at least. these are the, 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 this is the contemplation of a man who has been deceived, right? Um, the word sweet, sweet thoughts, right, which uh, I believe connect to uh, the sweet uh, poetry that the metaphysical Italian poetry that Dante was a part of. There's sort of a uh, the seduction of those sweet words. There's also the what great desire, uh, the word desire here. Um, Canto V has moved from, uh, we saw in the, the various translations translated differently What what is being punished here, what the contrapasso is. The contrapasso is the lack of directionality. They're blown by the wind. But the, uh, the sort of the, uh, the, the, the sentence which uh, encapsulates who is here is, is those who subjected their reason to uh, lust, to... These are the different words that are used in the different translations, to lust to um to desire uh to the law of lust um so there's different uses of these words and dante doesn't use lust he doesn't use anything that could be particularly pejorative or about the appetite of of uh trying to fill uh that god-shaped hole in one's heart but rather that this is desire he says it's oh what desire what great desire has brought them to this woeful grief uh, this woeful i am sorry. This willful pass. Um, in other words, uh, now I can. Now I see uh, that um, that their great desire, of which Dante is saying in the margins here, of which I really admire and pity, has brought them here. Okay, that's the failure. It's the failure of not really understanding the sin. And Francesca has been, of course, an operator in this failure. She has seduced him with this lyrical ballad, very much like what Dante is a, a part of. In the second half of her seduction, she'll seduce him with narrative. Um, uh, that day, right? She'll tell him. Um, before she breaks into that, Dante will say, "You know what? What? Um, you know how and by what signs did love acquaint you with your hesitant desire?" Oh my goodness, he's so now he's so deep. By what signs? You know what are the what? what you know how did it happen? You know, and this is not you know. This is like uh, this is not like objective journalism here. like give me the facts, just the facts, ma'am. This is this is like collusion at the of the highest order. And if you collude and pity the damned, you are on your way yourself to being damned. This seems to be the lesson of Dante. And uh, something that um, is really hard to get across to modern readers is that if you collude in these experiences, and these experiences are, are are verbal, by the way. Um, they're they're um, they're about stories. They're about narratives. If you believe in this narrative, if you believe in the truth of of Francesca's story, you are colluding in that for uh, 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 not for, but in in um, in danger of your uh, eternal soul of misunderstanding this. So Dante falls right into this. Very important literary allusion here. Uh, Francesca says, there is no greater sorrow than to recall our, our time of joy and wretchedness, and this your teacher knows. And so um, that's the Hollander translation. Remember, Musa has obviously something different, which I read. Um, but what is this a refer a reference to? This is a reference to uh, Aeneas, uh, book two, Dido asking Aeneas, um uh can you know where are you from? Who are you? And uh, I'm sorry. It's uh, geez, I'm gonna I'm gonna space on this. Anyway, it is Aeneas, and it is Aeneas saying I do have a woeful story. Yes, it is. It is Dido, and he speaks to Dido and he says, you know, it's it's very very hard. This is a paraphrase, of course, of, uh, of Virgil. He says, Aeneas says um, it's very difficult to remember uh, all of this, uh, given how sorrowful I am. And uh, so Francesca repeats this line. And to me, so my opinion is that this um, signals to, to the readers, to Dante, that the quote-unquote hero of this story, Francesca, is someone who has been much sinned against and, and not sinned, just like Aeneas had been. And so there's a, there's a, there's a narrative here uh, that reminds us of Aeneas, that reminds us of Aeneas's journey. Um, and then uh, Francesca goes on and says that she will share the root. Uh, she actually uses those. Well, is that what Hollander uses? Muses says the root. Um, yeah, same thing. But if you feel such longing to know the first root of our love. Okay. So, you know, the, the word root here is, the, is, the, is, the, is the, in a sense, the cause, right? This is the cause of our love. Not our um, not our behavior, not our um, subjecting um, or subsuming sub, sub reason to the law of lust, but rather our love, our desire. So tricky stuff. Francesca t- shifts through rhetoric from lyric to narrative and begins to um, echo the words of the great hero Aeneas, of whom Virgil is the creator of, and this is why she says, as your teacher well knows, well... I can just see Virgil shaking his head, like, "Yeah, I know, but not the way you are 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 suggesting it." But Francesca makes this promise then to share uh, the root. So the root what's the what's the root here, according to her? The root is reading. The root is the two of them together reading a book of Lancelot and how love enthralled him. So we get these kind of um, meta. Universe is here. We've got Dante speaking to Francesca, who is remembering uh, the uh, incident between her and Paolo, the adultery, and and she then, in this story of the past, is remembering the story of Lancelot. And so you've got you've got a number of different references. You've got three stories going on at once, and uh, this is reflective of the of the complexity. Also reflective. Of the uh, the warning to storytelling, and how storytelling is dangerous, because what storytelling does, or can do, rather, it it can it can it can obviously be used for good, but in this particular case, storytelling, Francesca's storytelling, is being used to um, to uh, to produce more pity from Dante, and by telling the story of Lancelot. It's very romantic, romantic, medieval, romantic. Troubadours, ancient ladies, knights, all of that. This moment of um, reading the two uh, well, the, the 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 two figures, Apollo and Francesca. They are reading the book together. They're sitting very close. You can see pictures of this um, from, from from paint from famous paintings. Um, this is before their damnation. And they're sitting down together and they're reading a book together and their, their eyes lock on the word and then their eyes lock with one another. And you can see how the word itself corrupts. How the word corrupts. How reading corrupts. And boom, that's it. And in, in one of these famous paintings, I don't know who it's by, but you, you can see the two lovers sort of reading the book together, about ready to look at one another. And you actually see the husband coming in uh, in in the in the in the background, um, uh, which would seem to indicate there isn't really much time uh, that the two um, are are kissing or too much time that they're actually together, um, and uh, but but it does set up this kind of drama of the text, and that powerful line in one thirty eight that day, uh, we read uh, no no further. In other words, we we were. We were murdered. We were killed, and we um, we came here. And you can just imagine Minos wrapping his tail around both lovers and placing those two lovers in um, in this circle of loss together. So some readers, some critics, commentators, even translators have have celebrated this passage. You see, now the two have have overcome. Uh, the, the, the law of lust, the law of lust has put the two of them together in hell. Uh, but if we read closely the passage, it, Francesca is not a happy camper. She is, um, she's, uh, obviously confused. She says that he kissed her when we know in the story it is she that kisses him. Um, and, uh, her references to Paolo do not seem to be loving, uh, at all. Paolo, of course, doesn't get anything, any kind of, uh, word in edgewise, um, and one thinks of Dido's silence in Book Six of the Aeneid as well. So the this very very powerful scene, uh, Dante will then, of course, uh, not of course, but he will he will he'll drop to the ground again like a dead body falls. And what is does this uh, fainting, what does this death uh, mean? Well, it 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 is death. He's he's it's not good. It's not a death. He's not dying to himself and living to Christ. He's he's dying in. The kind of pity, which leads to uh, the damnable offense of uh, of manipulation uh, of of a kind of uh, use of 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 both lyrical and narrative poetry in order to uh, make others believe in a false narrative about love. You know, love is love, according to Francesca, but it's not that easy to to know. Love is not just simply love, but it does include uh, the 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 need to restrain desire, at least until desire can be baptized in the waters of the beatific vision. Dante really is all about desire, but desire uh, the the right kind of desiring, um, and if the right kind of desiring isn't in place, at least as Dante understands it, through. The use of reason, as the kind of king of the castle, then the appetites and lust um, will will lead to um, the loss of of self. The loss of self, as we see with Francesca. Um, remember that the the, the, contrap- the contrapasso, which is the punishment that visit the dom the damned, is uh, is just a continuation of of the damned's actions on earth right she's still francesca is still in a sense stuck within the romantic scheme of things and she refuses uh to admit her own or confess her own um participation in that act so you know um from appetite through lust to desire to a false form of love which unfortunately resonates with the vulnerable and fragile Dante so much so that he faints. And uh, I always used to make a joke about, you know, Canto Six is like, you know, Virgil kind of like, okay, let, get up, <laughs> let's let you know, put, rub some dirt in it, let's keep moving. You failed, um, and then he, he will succeed in other ways, and then and then Virgil will um, will be very happy and smile, um, and we'll see that. But th- but it's in in part based upon this early. Uh, this early failure, really, which is the first test of uh, of Dante.